What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome into the Roaring Repeater podcast here on 7220sports.com. It's a beautiful, picture-perfect day in Wyoming's capital city, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by Jared Newland. Also have a special guest today, Mitch Edwards, president of 1YO. What is that? That is Wyoming's new collective. Uh, Obviously, you're not reading 7220sports.com if you didn't know that. So we're really excited, minus your Braves hat, to have you in here today, Mitch. Um, I hate the Braves almost as much as I hate the New York Mets. And I think we can agree on that, and we found our common ground. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I despise the Mets, but I almost despise the Phillies just as much. So, uh, Question for you both, though. Do I, you hate the Mets more, Yes. or do you hate CSU and BYU? Oh, more? I jumped the gun on that question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, BYU and CSU. Okay. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> They're all off. The Mets are my CSU of Major League Baseball. I hate them with all my heart and soul, and I love their collapse so, so, so well, much. I dislike them as well because of what they did in 1986 to the Astros. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, and your Braves are set up for uh, success for about the next two decades. I hope so. getting old. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear a show this morning on Dan Patrick, and now I can't remember who in the hell his guest was, but they said who set up the best for the future. Tough. They said the Phillies. Are you serious? Yeah. Have you seen the Braves' contracts? Yeah, but he's... They're insane. This guy said the Phillies is set up the best for the next three, four years. Oh, okay. Three, four years old. They're talking about Otani and who the, who the surprise get could be. No. They're saying the Rays. Mm. Wow. So That'd be a huge surprise. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Mitch, uh, the question of the hour, I guess, for me is this has been... The Collective has been live now for a week and a day almost. Um How's it going? Um, anything surprise you yet? A uh, lot of lot of calls, a lot of a lot of emails. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, we've had a lot of calls and a lot of emails. Uh, a lot of calls from charities and uh, emails from charities wanting to partner with us. Um, a lot of folks reaching out saying, "Hey, love to volunteer. How can I help you out? How can I help you out in Colorado? How can I help mm-hmm. you out in different states where they are?" Nice. Um, had a lot had a lot of interest and a lot of comments and. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, versed at Instagram and Twitter and all the, uh, the data that goes with that, but we've had a lot of, I guess they call it engagements, sure. um, which is, is great to see. And now we just need people of Wyoming to step up and uh, support us by making some contributions so that we can engage these athletes. Well, that was my next question. More importantly, how many clicks on the Donate Now button? Well, you know, uh, we've been a little bit disappointed with that. There was quite a few... Um, that we had on the initial few days and it slowed down now. Um, but you know, folks are sending in some checks and different things to our PO box, which I got to throw out is PO box 307. 
How cool is that? We were able to secure that. So. How did nobody else have that secured already? That's crazy. I don't know. I was I was absolutely surprised. I, I did the online uh, register, get the P.O. box, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go over there when I pay, and I'm just going to ask them, hey, is the 307? I said, I, I, I would put money on that it's not available, <laughs> but will you go look? And she comes back, and she says, it is available. Wow. But I can't give it to you right now because you signed up online and they already assigned you this. But come back in five minutes and I'll and I'll switch for you so that you get 307. That's cool. Nice. I don't know if – you probably don't have an answer to this. I don't know if there is an answer to this. But do you think right now um, – I know in the sports writing world, it's just dead right now. There's not a lot going on. The season's not here yet. People are kind of camping and doing their thing right now. Do you think maybe the launch of it and the timing of it, maybe guys – people just aren't – jazzed up for it yet which is coming well we've we've heard that uh, from other collectives and stuff that people get more jazzed up as it gets closer to kickoff mm-hmm. right and what we're 50 days out now yep, yep. Um, from kickoff so we're hoping for that but also when we looked at it, we said well we don't want to be interfering with the news of other things uh mountain west media days and everything else and we need to get this going and everybody's clamoring for it so let's get it going so yep. we don't know if we timed it right uh we timed it right in terms of Hey, we got to get this going, but we don't know if we necessarily timed it perfectly with respect to the the greatest audience. Sure. Was there any pressure, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, from athletics to get it launched now instead of waiting for full five hundred one three C or five hundred one three four C four status? Yeah, there was there was no uh, pressure from athletics okay. on uh, when we were going to get it launched at all. Um, they've been working with us great on educating us on what the compliance is and what an NIL means and, and how to how to be involved, how the institution can be involved in helping us uh, by promoting us and, and those types of things. No pressure at all for us to get our 501c3 status first or, or to launch it. Frankly, what happened with the 501c3 status is we applied for that 501c3 status um, we've been told by other collectives that have lied that they were looking at eight to nine weeks. Well, we were right at the eight to nine weeks when we were planning to launch um, here in July. And just a couple of weeks ago, the uh, IRS had an internal memo that's a non-precedental memo that said, hey, we're, we're questioning whether or not the 501c3 status is appropriate. And we don't know what that means for us, but it's probably going to be a delay and a decision um, from the IRS on our application. Well, with and, and I don't have it in front of me, but I have been told that some collectives are getting granted that status and some aren't. And I don't understand why and how that would be. Right. And, and so, you know, the law is just being a lawyer that, that you have to treat all taxpayers equally. And what we know is that the ones that have been granted 501c3 status, have, we have worked with them and we have seen their application and our application looks almost identical to theirs um, in terms of that. So we would expect that since they've been granted their status, that we would get our status if they're truly going to treat us equal like the law requires. The interesting issue is is those collectors are saying to us, we don't know what the IRS is going to do. Does this mean that they're going to come back and revoke our status that we already have? And so, you know, that would technically be the issue. If they don't want to grant ours to treat us equally, they'd need to revoke the other 501c3 statuses that have been Mm -hmm. granted. If they don't grant it to you, we talked about it a little bit on the phone a couple of weeks ago. If they don't, what kind of move can you guys make? Because having write-offs essentially is pretty huge uh, for people who want to donate. But if they don't, 
what kind of moves can you guys make? We talked a little bit about the uh, membership fee type thing. Like, is that something you guys would maybe have to move to? Well, yeah, there's there's different options that we have available to us if we don't get it. But first and foremost, we're going to continue with the same type of model, and that is engaging student athletes to to work with and elevate charitable causes mm. um, because we believe that's a good thing to do. It not only elevates the charitable causes, but it also helps engage those student athletes and make them better rounded people um, going into life. So that isn't going to change. What what changes is it makes it more difficult for fundraising mm-hmm. um, because people are saying, hey, I'd love to donate to you if you had your 501c3 status so I can get a tax write-off. Sure. Um, on the other hand, some people don't care about that. But the, uh, the thing that it opens up, if we don't have that, um, we don't have to comply with the 501c3 rules and we can do different things um, with the money and different engagements and we don't have to be as fine-lined about, hey, what are we spending this money and how are we spending the money to help the charities? So it, it's a two-edged sword, if you will. We have more opportunities in our engagements and how we do things, but it, it makes fundraising more difficult, to be sure. honest. Uh, I saw Mitch uh, once again joined by Mitch Edwards, president of One YO, Wyoming's newest col- or newest and only collective. Um, I saw some collectives, and I know you told me that you had talked to Penn State, for instance, as one of the one of the programs when you're trying to get started here. I just saw that they started an association of a num- numerous podcast or numerous collectives. Yeah, uh, what what would that benefit? What what, what does that mean? Well, so um, I'm not sure if we're we're on the same page here, Cody, about what you're talking about, but. Across the country, there's been numerous uh, institutional areas where numerous collectives have started to support those institutions and those student-athletes. Texas had, I think, five of them at one time, and uh, Penn State had a couple. What they've decided is that, hey, when you have more than one collective, it's you're competing against each other for the same cause, so let's join forces. And so, uh, for example, all the Texas entities came up with Texas One Fund, and there's their one collective now. Penn State did the same thing, if this is what you're talking about, and now they're, instead of success with honor and whatever the other collective was, now I believe that it's Happy Valley United. Yeah. Well, and they joined, I saw online yesterday, they joined other schools and other collectives from like Florida State and a couple other. I don't know where the benefit would be in that, aside from maybe to share information. Right. So that that association that you're talking about is just like-minded collectives that are getting together and sharing information with each other and talking about things like, what does the IRS memo, uh, how does that affect us and what does it mean and how do we deal with it? Uh, giving each other ideas on, on uh, you know, how to engage student athletes or how to engage charities or those types of things. So um, there is a, various different associations of collectives and it's, you know, just a, a way for those folks to connect with each other and talk to each other. Okay. Well, speaking of Texas, I've heard that they are illegally providing priority points to their donors for certain donations to their collective. And that's against what everything is supposed to be because that's what like a Cowboy Joe club is supposed to be. But yet Texas's collective is providing that. Right. And so the NCAA policies, and it's an interim policy that deals with NIL, but it's become a permanent policy. But their policies basically lay out what the institution can be involved in and how they can be involved uh, what you see is, you know, frankly, uh, these collectives are having a hard time getting subscription-based annual donors. And so the schools and institutions are saying, well, how can we help you, the collective, raise money because you're a good cause? And so they're offering up these priority points or parking passes or sideline tickets or 
access to closed practices and those types of things. And the NCAA says, absolutely not. That's not allowed. In fact, um, the new president of the NCAA uh, through him just released a new memo in the end of June that says, we are very clear about this. You cannot do this. But what are they going to do to the school? Because it's not an individual sport. Are they going to say, all right, we're going to take one scholarship away from every sport? Or is it going to be like 10 total and we're going to say that five have to be taken from football and this if they actually came down with any infractions on somebody? Right, and that's that's the uh, million-dollar question, I guess, Jared, is what's the NCAA going to do to enforce this and how are they going to enforce it and who they who are they going to enforce it against? And that's a lot of the questions in the wild, wild west of the NIL landscape is, all right, NCAA, you have rules. Why aren't you enforcing them? And it, it has to do with litigation that's going on and stuff. But why aren't you enforcing them to make this a, a playing field that's, you know, equitable? Really, when they introduced it, they shouldn't have introduced it saying, all right, go ahead and do whatever you want. Instead of like maybe this July 1 should have been the first after two years of really thinking about it, coming up with some rules, regulations, and how to, how to um, you know, handle it. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, everybody wishes maybe it would have rolled out a little slower, but it was a reaction, whether it was a good reaction or a bad reaction to the Alston uh, Supreme Court case that there was a concurrence in that opinion that basically said, hey, uh, your non-education related compensation rules are in question as to whether or not they violate the Sherman Antitrust Act. And so they, they reacted to that and it opened up a, a Pandora's box. Oh, it's not like the Supreme Court case was just overnight. I mean, it was going on for years. <laughs> right. And they it was, knew that something was probably going to be not in favor of the, what the NCA was. Right. And it was so, a, an appeal to the Supreme yeah. Court by the NCAA of a decision that had already be, been rendered by yeah. the lower court. And so they, they already knew what the decision from the lower court and the appellate court was before they got to the Supreme Court. So Mitch, a lot of legal terms. Well, and that's what I was just about to ask. <laughs> you, you're a lawyer, but has this been like learning a whole new language with this NCAA jargon? It, absolutely. And it's not just the NCAA, but it's the IRS and, and you know, Cody and you and I talked about a little bit, you throw in immigration law too when yeah. you start dealing with international students and what they can and can't do. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? So Wyoming just signed a Canadian point guard. Can he participate in the NIL? Okay, so under the NCAA rules, absolutely international students can participate in NIL and, and that is afforded to them the ability to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. Um, it's not a it's it's not a tax issue other than reporting the taxes. Where it becomes an issue is their visas. Their visas are a student visa. Most of them come in on what's called an F one visa, um, whereas professional athletes come in on a P one visa, which allows them to earn money from that as their professional sport. F one visas have restrictions on what those student athletes can do um, as far as earning compensation, and basically, outside of limited work on the campus. Um, such as in the bookstore or the cafeteria or in an area of their study. So let's say they were a biology major, they could work in a biology lab kind of thing. Outside of that, they can't earn compensation while they're in the United States on that F-1 visa without violating their immigration status. So that's that's where the the rub is with international students is you don't want to be involved in a way that causes them to lose their visa status puts that in jeopardy for their future as well. But also then, you know, the coach is looking at you as a collective saying, well, wait a minute, 
our guy from Canada can't play because he he can't come into the country because you paid him in violation of the immigration laws. Oh, that's <laughs> a way to think. Yeah, about it. <laughs> I mean, all right. There's one Canadian player. Cowgirl basketball has several foreign players on it, and tennis for sure. Right. You know, and and track. So. Yeah, absolutely, and that's so that's something we're going to have to you know look at yep. and and deal with, and you know everybody's hopeful. Immigration lawyers are hopeful that they're going to change those laws, but um, as we know, immigration is a hot topic and it's tough to get things done in the immigration atmosphere. So, Mitch, any uh, can you share with us? Has anything been set up yet with a current player and a and a charity? Um, so we're working right now with with charities, and we're going to start hopefully making some announcements um, with who we're partnering with. And we have uh, engaged some student athletes to help us do some things internally uh, and come to some events that we're going to be having as far as uh, fundraising for ourselves. But we haven't made that connection yet between a, a charity and a student athlete. So that will be public. That'll be something you guys will, will promote. Absolutely. Our plan cool. is to start promoting, hey, we've, we've partnered with this charity. Um, please go visit them. This is their cause. And, hey, we've, we've engaged this student athlete and this student athlete is working with this charity. Tom Berman told us when he came on this podcast that uh, Hunter Maldonado really did well for himself last year. All underneath, no collective, all underneath the, you know. Uh, and one of the top in the Mountain West, yeah, one if of the, not the top. Right, one of the top earners. Have you guys talked to Tom about what he did and have you learned what Hunter did and stuff like that? Then maybe he could give you guys some some pointers. Yeah, and actually some of what we understand that, that Hunter was involved in um, and that he, he did great with was engaging with charities in particular the boys and girls club of cheyenne Mm -hmm. um, and some others across the state to help elevate their causes and and to participate with them and so you know some of his nil engagements came came through that avenue and that's that's exactly where we're looking to go and i think some of it too is these student athletes have to be proactive and hunters that's what he said hunter was proactive instead of sitting back with their handout saying, why aren't I getting anything? Well, you're not doing anything Mm -hmm. to actually earn something. And that, that was the same thing with the um, jerseys that, you know, the Brown and gold was selling and things like that with the names on the back. Some of these, he, they would get calls from parents and aunts and uncles. Why isn't, um, Joe, Joe Smith getting, um, have a Jersey and goes, well, he hasn't signed up for one. They all have the opportunity to sign up for their own stuff, but he hadn't signed up for one. What do you mean? You know, and it was like, well, have your kid or your your relative actually listen to what they were told to do, and if they want to be a part of this, they can. Right, and that and that's part of it. You know that you have um, these student athletes. If they want to be involved, they have to make that effort to be involved, and they have to do the work. I mean, one of the things that the NCAA has been clear about, whether they'll enforce it or not, is that it's not a pay for play situation. It's it's you. There needs to be a quid pro quo. You need to do some work in order to get that that compensation for your name, image, and likeness. Well, I just saw um, yesterday was announced that UNILV yeah. Collective, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's called, um, they just announced that they secured a series of monthly NIL deals with every UNLV women's basketball student-athlete. That, that'd be great. We'd love to do that. It's, it's all about do you have the funding and the compensation yeah. in order to do that, but we would love to engage – every basketball player on men's basketball we'd love to engage every women's basketball player to go out and work with these charities to uh to do that that would be awesome mitch i've always wanted a fan to go a booster to go rogue and start paying guys like getting involved in the recruiting process and the whole nine going pure smu on this thing and just having people around the world go 
that guy's going to Wyoming? Like, how did that happen? I've always wanted that to happen because I'm a creep and I just want to win. Um, you're not going to be involved in that at all, are you? No, no, <laughs> we're, we're not. And, and, and you know, that's, that's something that Miami got in trouble with, uh, with the Cavender twins and, yeah. and uh, Ruiz. But it's an, that's one thing that the NCAA has enforced, um, to some extent anyway, is that, look, we can't be involved in the recruiting process. We can't go out and promise some kid um, that, hey, if you come to the University of Wyoming, we have this deal for you um, with NIL. Yeah. And so we can't do that essentially until they're enrolled. In, in well, you campus. can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just so, kidding. yeah, ask, ask Steve Gosar how many $20 handshakes he got as a walk-on basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> well, and can you talk a little bit about the guys you have around you and um, – you know, also, I think Jared's got some questions about how big this thing could potentially get and if that needs to expand. But can you kind of talk about your business partners, I guess, would be the best way to put it? Yeah, our board of directors is a group of awesome guys with a broad range of experience. Uh, Jason Tangeman is a partner at the law firm with me. Uh, you know, grew up in Laramie, played on the uh, Final Four rugby teams in the 90s. Um, and just a great guy with a lot of uh, ambition and, and desire to help us get this going. Uh, Steve Gosar, obviously from Pinedale, played basketball for the university, was with the Cowboy Joe Club for a while, and then became a coach. I actually replaced him. <laughs> yeah. Because then he went off to coach. Yeah, went off to coach and, and came back. And, and, you know, between his contacts and his knowledge, he just brings, you know, a ton of excitement um, to it. And he, he brings a different perspective because he was a coach. Mm -hmm. So he understands what these coaches are dealing with. That's a good point. And, and the recruiting aspect of it and those kinds of things. So, Great there. And then the the, uh, the fourth person is Jason Raisler, who's a CPA in Laramie um, with High Point. He grew up in Laramie. He's a former wrestler for the University of Wyoming. Um, just a wealth of knowledge and, and really helping us out with respect to working with charities and, uh, you know, just the tax issues and, and dealing with the accounting side of, hey, we have money coming in and this money is directed towards football or basketball or whatever it is and keeping track of all that. So we're we're on top of the money. How'd you get blessed to be named the president here? Uh, you know, I think that was uh, maybe drew the short straw. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if they call it a blessing or, or a curse or whatever. But uh, I guess by default, I well, just we, became the president. We talked about it. This has been a lot more work than you imagined, right? Uh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I think it's been more work than everybody's imagined. And and I think the even the athletics department has you know recognized to us of, Wow, you guys have put in a lot more effort and time into this than we thought was ever necessary to get one of these off the ground. So you're invited to Tom's suite for every game now. <laughs> well, no, but uh, <laughs> only when it's and, cold. And I, 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 you know, I don't even know if I want to be. I think I might just want to go sit out in the stands and, and just be the regular, you know, poke fan <laughs> in, instead of being surrounded. You know, by it all might them. be more beneficial to be out there because some people are already going to be upstairs listening to what people have to say about it. And, there, and then there's ears out in the stands with the, the common folk. Right. Know. And and the yep. common folk are the ones that we really need to step Absolutely. up and start making contributions. Yep. And so we really have to do an outreach to them so that we're not dipping into multiple pockets that are already giving money to the university. Well, to go back to Cody's statement about a lot more work than you guys had man imagined, what is going to happen with this? Are you going to hire a full-time staff? one of you guys going to quit your day jobs and become this in full time because I've still have a lot of connections across the country and I'm being told that people development offices across the country at major universities are losing 
their employees to these collectives because these collectives are paying them as much as the university does. And then everybody knows the benefits of a state institution are great. So they're, they got to be matching their benefits as well. Yeah. And, and well, it's kind of interesting because as the collectives I've talked to, you know, a lot of the board of directors are folks that have been retired. Um, they have, you know, their own set of wealth and those types of things. So they're able to, to spend time as a retired person doing that. They are bringing people over um, from the university. Some of those people are coming over and aren't getting paid right away, but they're doing work as the executive director or whatever. And then I had one collective that just told me for six months that they've had someone being their executive director that came from the university athletics department, um, and they're finally able to pay them now, you know, months later and put them on a payroll. So, um, but where where we see it going immediate, Jared, I was hoping you'd tell me today that you were going to retire early and uh, come over and, <laughs> and focus on this for us. Um, Otherwise, I, I might have to uh, go see if I can win the lottery and retire early. <laughs> um, but otherwise, we're going to use volunteers to start out with. Hopefully, once this thing gets gets moving and grows and we have compensation, we can start looking at different things. One is there's software packages out there that help do administrative type of work with the student engagements, with the contracts, and, and communicating with the student athletes. Um, so, you know, but that costs money to buy those computer softwares and, and to have subscriptions to that. Um, and then the other thing is maybe hiring some type of executive director. But, you know, it's, it's you can't put the cart before the horse, yeah. right? I just talked myself out of a job telling him I'd be all over these recruits. So it's all you, it's all you Jared. <laughs> well, I, I think the NCAA is already calling Tom to make sure nothing has been going on. <laughs> um, I guess then secondly, our – are you guys going to go out and start canvassing or, you know, going all over the state, the region, going to luncheons, rotary luncheons, whatever it may be, meeting with folks, or are you guys just going to stay in Laramie and do it there? No, we, we do have some events that we're working on right now in different communities okay. across the state. Um, we did have one event early on um, just with a small group of folks that we kind of used as a sounding board. Um, to present to them and say, hey, here's what we are, here's what we do, what do you think about this, what are your concerns, and and uh, some of those folks have stepped up and, and donated. So we kind of had a test run, if you will, with some folks, and now we're going to start going around to different communities. Um, I think our first one here might be coming up in Casper um, in August, but we're going to hopefully have one in Laramie, Cheyenne, maybe Gillette, you know, just go across the state and start canvassing mm-hmm. and reaching out to people. Okay. What, what are some good and bad you're hearing right now, Mitch? You know, as as far as you know, most of the bad is just the the concept, and it's it's really an kind of an age defining issue, and that is some people just don't like the concept of NIL or the student athletes getting paid. And how um, hard is it for you to say, "Hey, I know you don't like it, but it's the reality." You know, that's that's part of it. But I think when you sit down and you talk to folks about it, they start to understand it better. And so, for example, a lot of people don't recognize that. Only a handful of the university-sanctioned sports have full-ride scholarships for their athletes. Right. Um, a lot of them are on equivalency scholarships, meaning that you know some kid on the wrestling team or or our swim team might be getting a 10% scholarship. Um, and so not everybody's there on a scholarship. So this this concept of people saying, "Well, gee, you know, that's that's the compensation they get for." for participating in collegiate athletics is their scholarship and their education. Right. That that's not true for all the yeah. all the student athletes. Yeah. And the other thing is is then when you start hearing about the student athletes themselves, where some of them come from 
uh, some of their family backgrounds. Some of them have money, but a lot of them don't have money. Mm-hmm. And so it, it means a lot for them to be able to, to work and to make some money to support themselves or to support their family. And when you start talking with those folks that have a problem with the NIL concept about that, they start to appreciate that maybe this, this is good um, for those student athletes and, and helps them out. Um, what, what it's become with the transfer portal and things, I think is really where people's um, concern really lies, even though they may not be able to express that, that it's the combination of the two that's really creating the frustration. Well, I think there's some narrative out there, and I kind of get it that these are like some pampered bums that are just have their hands out and they're coming to make money and, and they're going to where they think they're going to make the most money. That's just not the case you know, 9.9 out of 10 times, especially in Laramie. We know the kind of kids that Jeff Linder recruits. We know the kind of kids that Craig Ball recruits, certainly. These aren't prima donnas that are just looking for a handout, and you're going to make them work. You know, and 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 absolutely. And, you know, just to kind of follow up on that, some of the student athletes right now are doing engagements, not through us, but through other things, where they're driving to Cody, Wyoming for 500 bucks or for a a thousand bucks to participate in some type of NIL activity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not what you hear nationally about, you know, some quarterback getting a bunch of money to, because he's a five-star and is going to some big program. That's not what we have at Wyoming. All he's doing is sitting back on his phone and tweeting out on behalf of that said person that gave him the money could be and that's that's just not the lane that we're playing in wyoming and that's not the kind of people that the coaches recruit here and it's never going to be that way no not in our lifetime anyway no absolutely not can you share have you gotten any crazy emails or anything you know i i haven't really gotten any crazy emails (laughs) i have gotten some questions and they're good questions about you know you have the 17 sanctioned ncaa sports available for us to direct contributions to but what about cheerleading what about rodeo you know, those are legit questions, and, and what I can say to that is, is that those aren't NCAA-sanctioned sports, so they don't fall under the NCAA guidelines and rules. So uh, a cheerleader is not restricted in how they can earn and what they can earn, non-educator-related compensation. better. Yeah, rodeo yeah. kick can go go ask somebody and get a check, give them to them right there, and they can go cash it and pay the next entry fee. Right, and, and actually, you know, they actually can earn money at yeah. rodeo competitions. Yep. So, um, you know, w- we understand that, but that's – that's where that is. But those are the kinds of questions that I've had. Nothing, nothing off the wall. There's been some, some comments online about this isn't, you know, this isn't what we should be doing. We don't like the NIL, but it's, it all goes back again to that concept of, you know, not being able to understand or to swallow the idea when all along through 50 plus years has been you can't pay student athletes. Yeah. Right. You talked about it earlier that um, some of these collectives, some of these schools have numerous collectives and they're now getting together. Would it have been easier, Mitch, to say, we're just going to focus on football and men's basketball instead of the full range? Because a lot of those collectives were focused strictly on football or basketball. Would it have been easier for you guys to just go, we're going to do that? Or would it have just ruffled feathers? Would it have been easier? Why did you guys, I guess, decide to open up to all 17 programs? Administratively, it might have been easier for us because then we're not dealing with a bunch of different silos and we have a, a, a more limited number of student-athletes. But we just see that that's not the Wyoming way. That's not what the Wyoming fans want. And, you know, frankly, all the student-athletes, whether they're in tennis or whether they're in volleyball or wrestling, you know, should have that opportunity to – benefit from their name, image, and likeness if 
if they have that and if there's an opportunity available for them. And so we just saw it as an opportunity for the donors to contribute. Uh, you know, there's just some people out there that might love wrestling but don't don't care about men's basketball. Um, and they say, hey, look, we're really passionate about wrestling. Let's engage a wrestler to go out and do something or a volleyball player. And so we want to open up those opportunities for everybody, not only the student athletes, but also to the donors and to the charities because some of those charities want to work with women's basketball players or wrestlers or volleyball players, not just football and basketball players. So we all knew Craig Ball was kind of, for lack of a better term, late to the game on this. He was not a fan of NIL, definitely hated the transfer portal, the whole shebang when this first all dropped. Um, can you tell us, have you heard from Craig Bull? Is he excited about this? Is this something where he has got on board and 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 he's embracing it? Yeah, Coach Bull has uh, got on board. In fact, you know, I think that he was really instrumental in, in helping us understand um, when he started talking about some of his athletes and where they come from and their backgrounds and how this opens the door for them to maybe buy a used car that they'd they don't have, you know, mm-hmm. to earn some money because they don't have a car or to buy an engagement ring um, because they want to get married or maybe Bad they mistake. have, ha- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe they have a child and they need to buy diapers or, sure. you know, maybe they need to send some money back home to support their mom. And, and that was really eye opening for us. And when he started expressing that to us, you know, that, that really helped us understand what was going on. And I think that, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he necessarily began by liking the idea of what was going on, but he's really embraced it and said, hey, there needs to be these opportunities for something. What I understand he doesn't like, and I don't think anybody likes, is when you start hearing about, you know, some quarterback at, you know, some big schools making, you know, $9 million commitment to that quarterback to come there. That's not what our coach is about, and that's not what our players are about, and that's not what we're about. So, Um. Are, do the coaches have direct contact with you guys, or do are they supposed to stay in their lane and go through Peter and or Tom or Randy to get to you? So my understanding of the NCAA rules is is the coaches can can speak with us, they can help promote, and they can and come to you and say, you know, we would love for you to support one YO. What they can't can't do, my understanding is they can't direct us to a specific player. Uh, they can't direct us at all to any recruit, and they can't direct us as to you know what a certain player should be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. And so, um, you know, there's there's certain communication avenues that are appropriate and that we've had. And you know, the one thing that we have to understand um, from the collective side is making sure that what we're doing isn't messing with the locker room and the dynamic that's going on in the locker room. Um, you know, that's just as important as to the NIL value of a, of a particular player uh, as anything else. And so well, we have to understand that dynamic a little bit too. Some of these collectives have been sued by players who said that they were promised X amount of dollars to sign with them. They sign and that's the money that they received or going to receive wasn't even near what they were promised. Right. And that, that I think might be a, a virtue of putting the cart before the horse for the collective where you know, like we're just starting out and we're we're now starting raising funds. But if we went to some student athlete right now and said, we're going to pay you X, and we went to another student athlete and said, we're going to pay you X, well, if we don't raise the money, how are we going to do that? So I think that's happening. On the other side, Jared, we've heard that uh, some student athletes are starting to get, get sued for not fulfilling their contract uh, for getting payments. Good. But 
but that's welcome to the 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 real world, the real world, <laughs> and uh, doing what you need to do yeah. to fulfill a contract. Yep, good. I assume Jeff Linder brought it up how imperative this was. Uh, have you talked to Jeff at all? And um, he's got to be excited about this. Yeah, no, we, we've we've talked with uh, Coach Linder, and and he's excited, and he's on board and helping us talk to folks about the importance of this and to the program. And, and, you know, really it is a question and it's a, a, a more pertinent question, I think in the basketball realm, because there's a smaller group of, of athletes, right? You have your 13 or 15 basketball players, but that's, that's where you're seeing more activity in the NIL world um, nationally. And so, you know, he's embraced it. He's talking with us and, and he really has expressed to us that, you know, when we started looking at this, that indeed one of the questions that I get asked, and I, he's not, you know, promising people money or anything like that. He's just being asked by the student athletes, even current student athletes, is there an opportunity for me at Wyoming to benefit from my name, image, and likeness? And if that answer is no, that's a demerit, yeah, <laughs> right? A big one. But if that answer is yes, there is that opportunity, at least if there's an, another school um, looking at them or whatever, that that's not a demerit to us. That's a, at least an equal opportunity that they have one and they have one. And so I'm not going to dock Wyoming because they don't have one. Now we have one. So he can answer that question. Yes. Yeah. One thing I like, Mitch, is that you guys have opened it up on your website, which by the way, go visit that website, one uh, yo.org, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, go visit that. It's, you can give a dollar if you want. It's not, it's not like you're set at a hundred, a thousand, stuff like that. You can, you can, whatever your means are, you can donate, and that's pretty important. Absolutely, we have some suggested prices on there, um, you know, for contributions. But there's also a custom amount button, and you can select that, and you can put in a dollar. You can, you can make it a recurring uh, contribution on a monthly basis, and then once you, once you're in there, and you do, if you do make it a monthly contribution. You can log in and, and have a donor dashboard where you can stop or restart that contribution, increase that contribution, decrease that contribution. Um, but you also have the opportunity, obviously, to make a one-time contribution. Um, but, yeah, we're, we've opened it up to everybody, and, and hopefully people will realize that and people will contribute. Well, we discussed a little bit on the phone, but just for the listeners, um, say I want to contribute 500 a month, and I say, Mitch, can you make sure this 500 goes to DQ James? Is that an option? You know, that's that's not an option through our through our website. That's something that you would need to contact us about. Um, you know, what what we don't want to have happen is for the the tail to start wagging the dog, where people are saying, "Hey, this is the person that we want you to engage, and we want you to engage him for this amount." Um, but it is an opportunity for us, and we understand that where people can contact us and say, "Hey, not only do I want it to go to football." But, you know, I really have a place in my heart for DQ James or whoever the case may be. And, you know, we'd love to see them work with the Boys and Girls Club. Can you engage them to work with the Boys and Girls Club? And so that opportunity, we're, we're willing to listen to that. Cool. Put you on the spot here. One last time, maybe. <laughs> Hypothetically, if this was 2022 and this was set in place, Stephen Buchanan, come November, thinking about not participating in the season – been offered at another school, substantial amount of money. Would you have matched that or tried to come close to it to keep him here so he is another All-American on the board and possibly a national champion for the Wyoming wrestling team? You know, Jared, that's kind of hard to answer because there's a lot of rumors about, you know, why Stephen left and what he was being offered. 
Um, but I can say this, if, if we would have had this in place a year ago um, with Stephen Buchanan and his, his um, ability and what he had accomplished and he had built a name um, for himself across the state, it would have been someone that we would have been looking to engage their name, image, and likeness to help us out and to contribute with charities. And so the opportunity was definitely there for him um, to make money if we would have had something in place because he had made accomplishments and people knew him across the state and his his name and, and image and likeness meant something um, okay. and we could have utilized that. Okay. Do you have anything else about the collective? I think that's it. Just um, if you guys want to participate, go to that website, oneyo.org. And start making some donations. Let's see some activity today, and let's see what what this show does over the weekend. And you can give us a report next week, Mitch. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, and I appreciate <laughs> your guys' support and, uh, you know, promoting this for us. And, and just so everybody's clear, it's the number one. Number one, yeah. Um, WYO.org. Yep. Mitch, can you stick around? Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, this Time week, to have some real fun. <laughs> this week uh, on 7220sports.com, I just threw out a story that was just – Kind of innocent, I thought, but boy, did it blow up. And that is, what kind of changes do you want to see in the game day atmosphere at War Memorial Stadium? I threw out the fact that I'm kind of over Bon Jovi. I'm kind of over the ballad thing. Um, The little sparklers of smoke when they come out, I'm a little over that. When you watch other schools and what they do, and I put a video of Virginia Tech, for instance, coming out to Inner Sandman, that looks so unbelievably electric and so good. And you talk to our friend Ryan Clement, who would talk about being at Miami and running out of that smoke like that. You felt like a superhero. Uh, those are some things I'd like to see changed. And Mitch and I talked about Cowboys from Hell is the obvious choice <laughs> for Wyoming to run out to. Well, let's go to the fireworks and the smoke part first. Costs a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's not free. Um, it, it actually, it'll blow your mind how much money that stuff costs to do it, especially six or seven times a year. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'd save a big one for the Texas Tech game and who cares about the other ones, or just do it as is. Because mm-hmm. I've been on the other side of it. I, I've seen those uh, price tags, and it, it's a lot more than one would think. But smoke, like to make that a smoky just – It costs money. What the guys run out of? Yeah, it costs money. Can't we have Pistol Pete with a – smoke. Can't have Pistol Pete with the uh, fire extinguisher like Sebastian <laughs> the Ibis in, in Miami? No. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. How about maybe, I didn't write this in the story, but how about maybe it's cool that they can shake hands with the fans and stuff down there, but let's be real, it kind of causes a traffic jam for people who aren't in their seats yet. What about like a tunnel that they actually, like one of those maybe inflatable ones that they come out and they have one thing I mentioned in the story that I'd love to see that Dave Christensen used to do is they would actually show video of the guys in the locker room getting all jazzed before they made their walk out. And as much as I hate Nebraska, they do it right as far as, like, they video them walking through the entire bowels of their stadium before they come out. And I just think that adds to it. And when the music's right, the anticipation of that is incredible. I think some of it is that they don't have the manpower to have the cameras do that. I think that's been a big problem. And I know they were tight on doing it when Dave – allowed them in the locker room to do it. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. And if uh, Dennis or somebody from the athletics department wants to shoot you an email on that, yeah. I'll let you know. But I, I believe that is the case. <laughs> that That is awesome to, you know, to see that and, and to be able to follow the team and get amped up as a, as a fan. Because when they come running out, if the fans are in the stands and the fans are crazy like some of that, that's an intimidation factor Hell yes. um, to the other side. And, and it would be awesome if we could do that. But number one, 
I think we need to get the fans in the stands earlier so that the fans are electric, and maybe that has to do with give them a reason why. Yeah, and people have said, well, close down Tailgate Park, blah blah blah, you know, to get people in there. Well, technically, it is closed down. You know, before a few minutes before kickoff, like that, they're supposed to no longer be drinking beer out there and whatever else they're doing, but they're not going to get you at the last 10 minutes like you can't finish your drink before could, you come in. Could you so. imagine, though, like if you can build this the way Virginia Tech has, where you're not missing, you're, you'd be a fool to not be in there when Inter-Sandman starts. Yeah, that and Nebraska both. I think those are two schools that are great examples that, I mean, they're, they're full capacity damn near when when they yeah. eight minutes before kickoff when they're coming out of their yeah. locker room or whatever it is. Yeah, well, you know, you're standing out in – and tailgate and and uh, my wife laughs at me because you can see when I start getting anxious I want to be in the stands 30 minutes before kickoff I want to see all that I want to be part of it and she's sitting back going well we got got 10 more minutes to kickoff we don't need to be in there yet and I'm come on let's go in let's go in and those are the people we need to figure out how do we get them in the stands instead of sitting out there saying we got 10 more minutes I do that at our tailgate too I start tearing down at a certain well and they'll be like what are you doing I said well we have 25 minutes till kickoff it takes at least another 10 to get all this stuff put back in the truck. So let's get going. Well, I know people want to go in and out and all that stuff, and they're not happy about that. Uh, that's awesome that they do that because, I mean, there were games, let's be real, when when I was younger where Wyoming would be down by 30 at half and my car's right outside and I'd be like, I can get a six-pack down. And then you hear the, uh, you hear the cannon blast and you go – uh, down by 30, uh, one more. I can have one more. Well, and, and that's not going to change, folks. It shouldn't. Name another Division One program um, and or professional sports program that allows you to leave and then come back in. It's a big security issue. Uh, they shouldn't. And, you, I mean, anymore, scanning tickets is a little bit different, but then you'd have to scan your ticket out, scan it back in. It just, it's too much and it's not going to happen. And the revenue needs to stay within the stadium to drink beer and eat food there. Instead and now of they back sell to your beer. Car. Yeah. So there's not an excuse yeah. anymore. When I was younger, they didn't sell yeah. beer. So that was a pain in the ass. Um, Any other changes that you guys? I'm just go, I'm yeah. going to go through a few here. Yeah. I saw one um, from Aaron Benson saying the cannon's not loud enough. Well, the previous cannon, when the rack was built, the original rack, that is, it was creating structural problems by cracking the walls, the windows, really? et cetera. That's how loud that and powerful that thing was. Wow. And they went to a lower, I don't even know what the term is. Caliber. Caliber of a shell, you know, the blank shell. And then they complained about that. And then they moved it to the south end zone where the Ivinson Home for Ladies is. Well, it was doing the same thing there. And then all of a sudden there was a lot more night games. Well, these people need to go to sleep too, you know. You want to do it right, just put a live shell in there. (laughs) (laughs) So they moved it back with a with a lower caliber shell. So that that is a lot of the reason for that. I mean, those buildings are millions and millions of dollars. They don't need to be doing repairs on them every season. Yeah, it's it's amazing what that percussion of that does. (laughs) I mean, growing up in Gillette, we had the pyrotechnics guild up there, and I remember when they let off some of those big pyrotechnic. Uh, percussion instruments i mean it would it would rattle buildings for miles and wow. and you know people that were asleep would be jumping under their bed not knowing <laughs> what was going on but. um another person talked about flyovers well actually quite a few people did there's a lot of logistics that goes into getting a flyover you have to have faa approval you have to have military approval if you're using a military plane all that for people that bitch stuff. about tax money so much it's incredible that how many people want to fly over 
I mean, yeah, who, who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's cool to do, but when you see it at the Air Force Academy, they they're doing it. Be, it's part of kind their, of their thing. Yeah, it's part of their. <laughs> I'm sure it checks off a couple of lists for that week's flying, you know, hours <laughs> yeah, type of a deal. Yeah. So, and it costs the taxpayers money to do this. So, and sometimes they're not coming from Cheyenne. They're coming from further Air Forces bases away. Oh. Um, very lucky several years ago that Richard Peace, a former Wyoming wide receiver, was, was awesome. the F-16 pilot that did that flyover. Yeah. But that took a lot of paperwork and strings being pulled to get that done. I asked him if he took a selfie when he was going over War Memorial Stadium and he said he would no longer be in the Air Force <laughs> if he did oh, such he a thing. Oh, he has one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's one thing. Uh, concessions. That's been a sore point for – it probably is at every place you go. There's not something for everybody at every single sporting event you go to. I mean, Frontier Days is coming up. I just saw something that there's a pickle pizza coming. To fr- who cares? <laughs> and who in the hell wants to try a pickle pizza? It looked like there were some Cheetos on it yeah, too, maybe. like flaming hot ones. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so – would that attract more people? No. No. The Dodger dog? Yeah, I don't think yeah. anybody would care about that. We have a great hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, food needs to be improved. Your your choice of foods needs to be improved. Uh, Dan Haley, you said don't run out of ice and water during warm games and don't run out of hot chocolate and coffee during cold games. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. It happens year after year. How can you not have ice chests full of ice? At your beck and call. Yeah. Unlimited amount of cases of water. Isn't that the goal of the concessions, though, to to run out but not to run out too soon? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, mean, yeah, I I know the Wyoming weather is unpredictable. But four September home games, you have six home games by the middle of October. Yeah. You better have hundreds and thousands of bottles of water available. Jared, why do people think that Wyoming's the coldest place on earth and, you know, next to Antarctica and act like Wyoming home games are just so miserably cold? It's probably snowed at five home games my entire life. And yeah, there's been some cold ones, but we're talking like late or late November. Yeah, I remember some really cold ones, but to be honest, for me, when it's a cold snowy game, that kind of amps me up. Absolutely. You but, just dress for it. You prepare for it. But people act like it snows all yeah. year long. I mean, 75,000 people go to a home Packers game, a home Chicago Bears game, and it's zero degrees sometimes. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. We can name tons of them. Montana, Montana State. Yeah. That playoff game last year at Montana State looked brutally cold. And you don't think people have to drive for five, six hours yeah. to get to Bozeman? It was full. Yeah. I don't know. I had a guy tell me that I don't even think Texas Tech's going to be sold out. And it's like, are you out of your mind? Think about it, though. Oregon wasn't sold out. Which Missouri is wasn't sold out. Washington State wasn't sold out. Yeah, Tulsa had a bigger crowd the week following the Missouri yeah. game. It, it The guy's pro- he's spot on. That's I hope weird. that's not the case. But How could it be? How do you not sell out Oregon and Missouri? How does that not happen? There's, I don't know. I flew home from Michigan for that Oregon game. That was like can't miss. Yep. That is bizarre. And especially Tom Berman has done such a fantastic job of getting major marquee programs in the stadium. 
He's just he, – we never saw that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job saying, we'll play at your house maybe twice, you're coming here. The last official sellout, I believe, was Nebraska. Well, that's crazy, you know, and it, it, it's – And they brought in extra stands for that one. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because, I mean, that's one of our advantages in Laramie, right, is is uh, whether it's the Double A's rocking or whether it's War Memorial Stadium, that's the small confines with a full sold-out crowd just going crazy. Yeah. That not only amps up our players, but – it intimidates the other team, and that's what gives us the ability to beat those teams like Missouri. Yep. And, the, and these excuses, well, it's first day elk season. It's, it's Labor Day weekend. i got to go camping. Weren't you camping all summer? Yeah, Why no, do you, you have don't. to wait? Or go on Sunday and Monday. You don't need to go on Saturday. You know, and – well, you know, when I was covering Michigan State, something interesting that they did was Michigan's economy was so badly in the tank when I first moved there that they, Michigan State would always open on Friday night. Because they want their fans to enjoy Saturday, Sunday, and Monday spending money in the state. So that was always cool. But could you imagine if Wyoming's opener was on a Friday? People would flip out. We're already hearing people flipping out about CSU being on a Friday. Instead of, you know, preparing, they let you know five, six months ahead of time. Can't you prepare for that? And I had a coach who wrote me and said, that's state semifinals going on for high school football. And I'm like, you coach at Kelly Walsh. You're not going to be in the state semifinals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's be real. Just make the plan and get your ass there. You know, I think I think it's a little bit different, and I don't know why it is. But you know, thinking about back when I was a kid, maybe maybe people were just crazier. But we would literally drive down to the game and turn around and drive home that night. And it yep. it might be an eight hour turnaround trip. Yep. But we were doing it, and people just don't seem to be quite as willing to do that anymore. And I don't know why. I don't TV. Know the, yeah. 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 I mean, things have changed. That's for sure. But. Yeah. Maybe Trevor Wilson with the Wyoming High School Activity Association, the semifinals, maybe they move them to Saturday. Since it, and you can kind of do that on a, within a couple weeks' notice. Why not? Yeah. Well, I kind of recall when I was in high school, all the playoff games being on Saturdays. Yeah. yeah. And Why they are not? for the smaller classes anyway because they don't have lights. Yeah, exactly. Um, Trevor? Make your move. <laughs> he First would. big move that you make as full-time <laughs> director. Let's go. Well, then we're going to screw him up because he needs to get on a plane and get to Cincinnati on Sunday, <laughs> so we're going to screw him up. I'll go through a few here, more here. Kevin Bomber says he wants the, the cheese heated up for the nachos. <laughs> Man, if that's not heated up, that's got to be gross. <laughs> um, all right, we talked about the music and the entrance. The music overall, the volume needs to be turned up. Period. I sit in a lot of different places. I don't sit in just my seats. I sit in a lot of different places. You can't hear that music hardly anywhere you sit. Speaking of things you can't hear, the band. There And <laughs> there are microphones in front of the band that's supposed to be in through the PA system. Uh, I think a lot of that, too, though, is probably need another 100 members of the that's band exactly to what make I said. it that much louder. Yeah. And somebody said, well, move them back to the center of the student section. I don't like it. The students need to be in the student section. The band can still be off to the side. Put them in the end zone. I still don't think that would help. It might then go both ways, the sound, if they were in the end zone. But then that just looks awkward having a seating for 150 people just in the end zone. That's it. Yeah, I don't think moving them changes the acoustics. Yeah, I don't think so either. Well, and does it seem, somebody mentioned this, it seems like the band, and, and we're not shitting on the band here. I mean, no, they're, they're, no, they're fun. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fun. They, But they seem to have the same routine, game in and game out. Like A lot of it's scripted. A lot of scripted stuff. Why not, like, 
I'm going to get into that. The moment. What's going on in the moment yeah. here? Like, I, I want to say at BYU on third downs, they would do the Jaws thing or something like that. I mean, we don't have that. <laughs> uh, first of all, just just turn up the damn volume. Yeah. And if there's a blue hair that's complaining about it, you know what? So what? <laughs> yeah, uh, turn up the damn yeah. sound. They make their plugs. You can't hear <laughs> during the video board announcements, too, if there's a – a pre-produced video, you can't hear it. Turn it no, up. No, you can't. That's good. Uh, Dan Morris says uh, he wants Wyoming to be the horse to be led out by Pistol Pete riding a Harley. Absolutely not, Dan. We don't need a Harley to lead out the the horse and rider, and then Cowboy Joe. No, that's way too much going on. Well, can you imagine what that would do with the horse and the potential of a horse going wild because yeah. the well, motorcycle Get this up. one. Maybe you read it, maybe not. Jordan Van Royen. Former player. Former player wants a calf to be released <laughs> out of the north end zone and a kid from the rodeo team to come out and rope said calf at the 50-yard line while playing Chris Ledoux's Stampede. <laughs> Hell no. Could you imagine what could go wrong there? Why don't we just set up in the middle of the, uh, the field a little arena and we can do a, a, a steamboat riding competition. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to long snapping, Jordan. Uh, I love that. Love I love though. it, though. That's great. Thanks for playing for the post. <laughs> That's great. Um, third down songs. Yeah, Black Betty gets old. Uh, Crazy Train Crazy gets Train old. Crazy Train gets old. It would be good, like you said, the band to be the third down noise only. They they come up with three or four <laughs> tunes to mm-hmm. play during third down only. Or just crank one. Maybe, maybe it is Cowboys to Hell, whatever, you know. I have a question for you, I, and as a lawyer, I should know this, but licensing-wise, when the university is, you know, engaging those uh, songs, do they they pay licensing? Is they that pay the yearly call? fee like a any um, bar would that um, has music playing all the time, not just jukebox movie music, but uh, music. And radio stations pay those fees as well to, to be able to use them at certain times is what, you know. So. Does that have any limiting effect on what what they're no. they have available to them? It, it, every every mu- every music artist is a part of that because they want the royalties. Who's in sure. control of all this? Who should we be talking to? Uh, marketing. Do you know who that is? Oh yeah, who's in control? I actually tried to reach out to her this week to see if she wanted to <laughs> answer some questions. She didn't call me back. So Shelly, call me back. Um, Shelly probably didn't expect that shitstorm this week of all these people, <laughs> given their point of view. I do agree that there needs to be a victory song. Yeah. And obviously, Cowboy Joe, yes, play that at the end. Let the team go over and play that. But when there's times during games and they're playing some, it's almost like not a not a Bon Jovi ballad, but even a worse ballad. No. And they're playing it really slow music. No. It needs to be a Chancey Williams, an Ian Munsick, Ned or Chris Ledoux song, something that's homegrown. The world needs more cowboys. Maybe it's Rodeo Cold Beer. Maybe it's Mountain Time. Whatever it is, one of those songs needs to be the Wyoming football victory song that's played after every single win at home. And then maybe Cowboy Basketball has a separate one. Maybe Women's Basketball has a separate one. There's a lot of good tunes out there that make sense yeah. for the Re- cowboy theme. Re- wrestling started playing The World Needs More Cowboys 
Um, when they run out, right? Yeah, when they run out and then at the end. I, I, for me personally, it doesn't get me amped up as a run out song, but I think yeah. it's an awesome song. Victory. Yeah, for a victory. And it just, and it, you know, when visiting fans walking out with their tail between their legs, like, they're probably giving their finger, you know, <laughs> in the back of their mind if, the, if Wyoming did do something like that. Like, screw that. You know, somebody want to be a cowboy, you know, somebody mentioned to me that uh, a real buzzkill and you guys will be able to speak to this better than me now that I'm in the press box. But um, they said that the alma mater back to back with the national anthem is an absolute buzzkill. So is alma mater played first, then the national? I think so. It's just too slow. But it's still in quiet. But people are still walking in. At that time, well, and that's then they why they do the national be... anthem. Then they do the entry. Yeah, well, so... and that's why the entry needs to be fixed because then more people will already be there, and then you don't want to have thirty thousand people going. Oh, cool! It's kind of like I unfortunately saw Kid Rock once, and don't judge me on that. It was a Metallica concert. He happened to be there. He played like four slow songs in a row. Even his strippers on stage were bored. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Crank it up. Those four songs made him a lot of money. <laughs> I'm embarrassed I even admitted I saw him. A few more uh, things. The first down announcement. There is a reason that that is no longer a sponsored segment. Um, It used to be, and that's another brown and gold outlet first down. Can't imagine why. Students ruined that one by saying, (laughs) mother bleeper, to coincide with it. So, and that's not coming back because the students, they still say it on their own. I know. And some of these students were junior high when it was taken away and they're still doing it. So it's just not going to happen. Uh, I wish it could, but it's not going to. Uh, and some of those announcements, yeah, they're boring. Some of those video board things, they're boring. They pay the bills though. Yeah. They're, they're, they're sponsored segments that pay bills. I wrote about this, but how can Joshua Hunter, the new PA announcer, what can he do to make things more lively in the stadium that maybe once again, not dumping on Jack Noakes, he did it for four decades, but What's something that's in his control that he can do to make add to the excitement? I think just showing the enthusiasm mm-hmm. um, after. I mean, you're not supposed to be a homer mm-hmm. per se, but you can be one to a certain extent. Um, but I, yeah, I think his experience of what he's already done in the past. He is already going to bring enthusiasm to yeah. that, that part of it for sure. Well, I know he's very interested in it. We've talked numerous times, and he really wants to know what he can do and what he can be working on to make things better. I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of had the same answer. A lot of things were just Jack's way, and his he's going to have his way. And, and have numerous conversations with Shelley and the department on what he's allowed to do and to push those limits a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mountain West has regulations. You, can, you can't do say certain things. And you can't, um, you can't have music playing when a play is going on. Mm-hmm. The band can't play. And sometimes you hear that at other schools. Well, the band was playing, and they'll, then they'll go tell the band director, you can't do that. You know, they'll, there's things that go on all the time, um, little gamesmanship stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm, just, I'm just glad I'm not in his spot because, you know, it, there's a fine line between getting people amped up and, and – just being a little over the top about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of them get annoying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the CSU guy, no. in my opinion, is very annoying. And I'm not saying just because CSU, I just think he's annoying. No. Um, the Another one would be to bring back the WIO chant mm-hmm. more than just one time that's scripted throughout the game. I mean, 
it shouldn't be between the third and fourth quarters. It needs to be when Wyoming's on defense and there's a timeout in a critical part of the game, get it going during that 30-second timeout, and then it's still going when the next play starts. Yeah, absolutely. Don't do it when Wyoming's on offense. Yeah, absolutely. We need the other team not to hear what's going on in their own huddle. Exactly. Uh, I just I don't get that one at all. And sometimes the cheerleading, that they've gone through a lot lately. The cheerleading coaches, they've just taken it away. I mean, no. that used to go on back and forth between the east side, west side. Sometimes it gets started without any cheerleaders. And it just echoes. Yeah. And now with the building that much closer to the end zone, it's going to echo that much more if they actually get it going. Um, Teresa Milner said uh, she would like to see a true family section where alcohol isn't allowed. Um, that's fine if there wants to be a true family section. I don't mind that at all. But there's a fine $5 fine for whining. That's Chris Ledoux's song. If you don't actually sit in your seats and stay away from the people who are drinking. Because that's, I mean, if you're going to ask for one of those, you guys need to stay up in your seats. Well, they don't drink in Provo. Well, we don't want people to go there and spend their money there. That wouldn't be cool. (laughs) I mean, is this family section? Are we just an area where people can sit that there is a no alcohol are we talking about they want like slides and swings and <laughs> playground equipment Teresa <laughs> go to one wife <laughs> no but uh, I think there has been family sections in the past I mean the old knot hole but was, we don't have beer vendors right going up and down I mean anybody in your section can go grab a beer yeah. and come back and sit but down. in the family section if if it's a no alcohol section then they got to hire security to make sure that not one parent is going to the beer booth and coming back with a beer, sitting there having a beer with her kid. So I, I mean, assume, like, I assume you're a parent, Mitch. No, no. Oh, no. God bless you. And you have steps. I have a daughter now, and I think about that with myself. Like, what would I tell her when it comes to stuff like this? I would just. I think I would say people are going to say this stuff. That doesn't mean you're allowed to say it. Yeah, just, but Ho- Holly's already. Oh, she's gonna. She's, She's already tainted because you (laughs) sit at home and have Slayer and Megadeth and whatever else on the TV, and she's already headbanging. That's true. At eighteen months old, but I think which is kind of (laughs) awesome. I think you're gonna you're gonna hear this stuff, right? I mean, just yeah, don't do it. They hear much worse stuff at school or see much worse stuff on their phones than they bingo at a football game. Bingo. My parents always use it as a learning experience for me to say that's why you don't get drunk and act like a fool because you look like a fool, right? Well, I always <laughs> bring back the Norwegians, though. <laughs> I always felt like I was raised by the Wyoming student section in like the mid to late 90s, and they were probably not the people you wanted to raise you, but <laughs> man, they were fantastic. It was so good. No cell phones. People were ramped up. They literally hated that other team, like hated them, and it would affect their entire week if Wyoming lost. Oh, and that's what I miss so much. The closest person on special teams of the visiting team would just get. Here, wrath. Oh, I miss that. Number 27. <laughs> 27. <laughs> yeah, or if a player that. got hurt, he's down, he's out, he's all bleeped up. He's <laughs> up, he's up, he's still bleeped up. I miss that. I mean, I miss and now that people lot. look at you or you're going to get videoed and you might get <laughs> reprimanded from your job or whatever. The cornerback the that got burned by the receiver on that side would just get oh, yeah. a yep. rash of crap. Yep. I miss that. Well, and people think that Wyoming fans are bad. Um, I've witnessed BYU fans spitting on the Wyoming players on the sideline. So 
it's, it's wouldn't be surprised. Worse, a lot of other places. Um, somebody asked about having the radio on in the concourses and in the bathrooms. It is in most the ones I've gone into. The radio, the broadcast is pl- airing in those bathrooms and in the concourses, and there's TV screens with an in-house feed at every concession stand. Well, we got to keep in mind too, Jared, that the West Side's getting ready to get completely redone. Yep. Like once that last game's wrapped up this year, they're going to town on that. There's going to be a whole new concourse. What do they call that middle seating thing? A mezzanine. Something like that. Club there's level. Yeah, there's going to be a club level, and the first thing people say is, "Ah, oh, there goes my seat." And it's like, well, do you oh. want a chair back? Do you want to be more comfortable? Do yeah. you want to have access to heaters? Yeah, it's going to look awesome. It's going to be great. They're going to have a new press box. Selfishly, I'm excited about that. Craig Bull always tells me that that was the big selling point when he was being recruited by Wyoming was the press box, and he said it hasn't, been, it hasn't changed since. Well, Gary Barda left Wyoming in 2004. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. 2005? I can't Whatever year he was here, um, his number one priority at that time was to get the West Stands renovated. Yeah. It's 2023, and they're still not done. Yeah, they've been talking about it for a long time. And it's finally happening, and it's going to look great. Uh, one last one, Dustin Merritt says, just win. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, but in today's age, yeah. fans want more than just a game. They want the overall experience of being at the game. Yeah. And that's not just at Wyoming. That's at every single sporting event. You know, I don't know how many people I heard that went down to the Nuggets um, playoff games, and they would come back and just rave about that fan experience. and and how crazy they were and amped up they were. And it was all about the experience, and that's what everybody talked about. It wasn't the Nuggets won or or that they lost. It was, wow, that was an awesome experience. I'm going to go back for that experience. Yeah. But NBA games is a lot different because they can play music the entire time while the game's going Which on. Which is what I hate about NBA games. College, you can't do that. So. Yeah. But I didn't know there was that many Nuggets fans around. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think a lot of them came out of the woodwork here just recently. But. <laughs> we joked about that when they won. Like, I didn't know that so-and-so was a Nuggets fan. Oh, yeah, I don't even know any Nuggets fans. Uh, the one thing I want to throw in before we move on from this one, um, between the third and fourth quarter is where Wisconsin does it completely right with the jump around. Wyoming plays... Cotton Eye Joe, and they show little kids bouncing around in their section with foam cowboy hats on. We got to do better than that, right? Between the crucial third and fourth quarter, absolutely. I don't, I don't know what it is, um, and what gets us there, but it has to be the intimidation that we own the fourth quarter. It's yeah. not just holding up the four. Yeah, um, it's we own the fourth quarter, and and no one can stick with us. Maybe even a badass video of like even Craig Bull. Somebody mentioned, I forgot about this. Somebody mentioned get. Josh Allen, Andrew Wingert, Logan Wilson, guys like that on a pre-recorded thing on there, you know, getting the crowd fired up and then launch into an awesome, like, hardcore song that becomes the song between the third and fourth. CSU's even doing some lights flickering thing they're doing between the third and fourth, which which is sad for them because nobody's left in their stadium in the third and fourth. But uh, that shouldn't be the case in Laramie. Uh, yeah. There's, I mean, the... To do a pre-produced deal with former players and or anybody, once again, a lot of time and effort has to go into that, and especially with NFL guys, you got to reach out to their production team to help you get them in, in their studio to produce them type of video. Uh, but there has to be something done. The Cotton Eye Joe has run its course. I've, maybe I'm call me a curmudgeon here, but I'm sick of the beer song. 
I, 35 times a game. I'm 35 tired. times a game, yes. It, it, it's, a, it's a staple, and it, it has to be there. Half, but but yeah. not just because the students are chanting it. Well, and when the students are chanting it and Wyoming's losing, that's the worst time. That I'm with you on that. That pisses me off when they're playing the beer song and Wyoming's losing. Like, you're not getting a damn beer song if Wyoming's losing. Yeah. I think that's a pretty damn good rule of thumb, honestly. Yeah, I, I would go with that. Yeah. But I think they need to do something between the third and fourth. That Yeah, I'm with you, Cotton Eye Joe. Do that during a, during a commercial timeout. Let the kids have their fun, dance around, all that. But it's not do a... Do it in the IPF before the game starts. Do that, too. <laughs> halftime. Yeah, halftime. I would love to hear what the players think about this kind of stuff. I mean, because they're the ones who... I had somebody suggest, why don't we let the student section or the student body decide this kind of stuff? And I'm like, do you listen to the crap those kids listen to? <laughs> Well, that's that's just exactly the problem, right? Everybody has their own yeah own music, own tune that gets them ramped up for whatever it is. Just look at all the walk up songs for Major League Baseball. Right. Everybody everybody plays something different for a different reason, and I think that's the the yeah. issue is what is it? But it would be it would be great to find out from those football players and the basketball players or where the sport is is hey, what gets you amped up, and so that we know in this particular situation, this is what we need to do to help those. Yep athletes get get fired up it's not cotton eye joe <laughs> it is not. i guarantee they're not get, that will not get a vote yeah don't do it during a tv timeout in the first <laughs> quarter just get it over with <laughs> well we can bitch about this for for days and days i think we can keep coming up with stuff but uh little house cleaning stuff uh jim brandenburg legendary wyoming head coach uh memorial tomorrow saturday 11 a.m at the arena auditorium a place that he was so so big in getting built and and designing and all that good stuff and the, and the excitement he brought to that building year after year with the Finnist Embos and Eric Lechner's. Um, uh, so he will be, uh, I don't want to say it's a funeral, but just a, a memorial for Jim. And, remembrance. Yeah, a remembrance. So, celebration um, of life, I yeah, think. Yeah, celebration of life, yeah. So excited to be over there for that. Uh, we talked about it before we came on the air. Unfortunately, we're all little too young to remember um, a lot of Jim Brandenburg's era here. Um, I do remember when I was a kid, though, my mom saying, man, we came that close to getting on a Greyhound and going to New York City when they were in the championship game in the NIT. So, And obviously remembered Finnis on the front of Sports Illustrated, which happened after Jim left for San Diego State. But, um, yeah, excited to go there and see what kind of former players are going to be in attendance and stuff like that and see what kind of crowd Jim's going to get because I know he meant a lot to so many people. Um, also, tomorrow, Ryan Thorburn is having a barbecue. Everyone's invited. It's at his house. His wife's out of town. Um, so um, bring your own beer, though. He drinks terrible beer. So also excited for that. Ryan, where was my text? <laughs> wow. Uh, um, this week, too, wrote a story. Kevin Lytle from the Fort Collins, Colorado, wrote a story about Colorado State's highest-ranked recruits they've ever had in their history. And if I'm a CSU fan, I'm kind of sad reading that list because – Hardly any of them ended up doing anything for them, let alone most of them didn't even play. Uh, so those four-star guys, you know, I know a lot of people were sad about Deshaun Woods leaving the four-star offensive lineman for the Cowboys who couldn't even see, did, never saw the field while he was here for a year plus. Um, Wyoming's had two four-star four recruits in their history since the online stuff started, the Rivals.com, the 24-7 sports the other guy's name was John Hawk, an offensive lineman who transferred in from Garden City Community College. I reached out to players who were in that recruiting class, and they've never even heard of that guy. So the stars, once again, as we all know, the stars really don't mean that much. And I decided to break down some of the best two-star or lower guys that Wyoming has had. And I tell you what, man, 
aside from, you can argue the quarterback position has not been Craig Bull's uh, forte, I guess, when it comes to recruiting per se, outside of Josh Allen, who, as we know, kind of just landed landed on the lap a little bit. Um, Especially when they were looking at another player. Yeah, yeah, and became a specimen and all, you know what happened with him. But um, other than that, Craig Bull's recruiting is certainly not the problem, fellas. He has brought in some unbelievable players. The list, if you go to 7220sports.com, the list is so impressive. And it's a lot of guys who are collecting checks from the NFL as we speak. What was really timely about your article was that I was just talking to another collective and they were talking about how they value the student athletes for the NIL deals. And they, one of them was stars. And I said, well, you know, for us, you know, we wouldn't be plugging in that four star. And they said, well, you had Josh Allen and Logan Wilson. And I said, no stars. No, yeah, no, <laughs> no. No. Yep. <laughs> no. And the only reason Josh got a couple of stars was from his one year at Reed League Community College. Other than that, he... he's getting stars now for the eating yeah. habits lately. By the way, <laughs> by the way, this was cute yesterday. I got to say, um, there was a story on another outlet that said Josh Allen just bought a $7.7 million pad in Southern California. This guy goes, well, say goodbye to your Wyoming fandom. If you want to be a Californian, then you're on your own. He's um, from... California. Fireball, California, in an <laughs> egg community. Good Lord. His dad works his ass off. He's a farmer. His ass off. Oh, yeah. Josh is in the pistachio business. Yeah. So it's pretty incredible, isn't it? You know, no, he didn't move back to Laramie. How many guys moved back to Lincoln, Tuscaloosa, Stillwater? It just doesn't happen. Well, and he has, he still has a house in Buffalo, too, you guys. Yeah. Which, why would you want another house in the highest? The second highest tax state, though, besides New York, that'd be that's a lot of money. He's yeah. he's doing his part. It wouldn't find me doing that, but I also uh, <laughs> don't have his lifestyle or his money. So, <laughs> and uh, best of luck in the uh, celebrity golf tournament this weekend in Tahoe, Josh. No, well, I can always count on you to I, pay attention to the I'm golf stuff. Positive, he's pay, playing. He has he did last year, and he I'm, they were promote, promoting it that he was. Yeah. So he loves golf. That's all he that, does. That is a fun tournament to watch, though, because I mean, they you know in other pro ams you might see a blip here and there, but this one is all celebrities. That's the one where Bob Barker beat up Happy Gilmore, right? No. Oh, <laughs> that's how much I know about golf. <laughs> Same kind of thing, yes. Uh, the price is wrong. <laughs> uh, single game tickets went on sale on Wednesday, by the way, and you know, Jared, you you've worked that on that side of the coin and everything at the University of Wyoming. So you understand, I was told that they sold nearly a thousand single game tickets for Texas tech. And, uh, I was thinking, is that, is that even good? And you assure me that it's pretty damn good. In 20, well, you don't even say 24 hours. You're probably thinking more probably eight. on an eight to 10 hour basis. Well. That's pretty damn good. Um, because you take away 10,000 season ticket holders, 5,000 seats are reserved for, um, players, families, and students, and then there's only another fourteen. I mean, another eighteen thousand seats, eighteen five to fill. After that, no. Did I do my math right there? No. I don't think you did. No, fourteen. That's Bell Foosh math. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Colony. And I just uh, go with you and say, yeah, no, it, no, sounds good. Thirteen five to fourteen thousand on top of that. So, and then so that means there's take minus another thousand. And it's only July 14th right now. Yeah. There's a lot of days to fill those other seats. So, yes, Texas Tech theoretically should sell out based off of the numbers right now. But it's not. I don't know if it's going to. 
I hate saying it's not going to, but if those other games didn't sell out, I don't see Texas Tech selling out. Well, you know, something we looked at the other day, and I know a lot of fans griped about this, and I guess it's technically the game day experience, but everybody's bitching about the hotel prices in Laramie. They are. We actually, my roommate and I looked the other day, they are um, outrageous. Already you look, they're sold out for one, most of them, but the other ones, and I'm talking not necessarily a flea bag, but a step up's about three fifty a night. That's where, to me, Cheyenne needs to get more involved with uh, marketing and saying, come to Cheyenne, stay the night in Cheyenne, spend your weekend in Cheyenne. And we did that with Ole Miss. There's nowhere to stay in Oxford, Mississippi. We stayed in Memphis, Tennessee. Yep, 80 miles away. Yeah, 80 miles away. You come to Cheyenne, come live it up in Cheyenne for the weekend. I think they're missing a huge marketing angle here. And make your hotels still, you know, 150 a night or whatever it is, which Cheyenne pretty much typically does anyway. But Cheyenne... These next two weeks for Frontier Days, they're in the Outrageous. three to $500 range, too. Some are even more. It, yeah. it is ridiculous. And it's not the local managers that mandate these prices. Yeah. It's their, it's the chain that they b- belong to. Yeah. Well, it's a pain. No question about it. And, you know, I've, I've never had to deal with hotels and stuff, obviously, living here and growing up here. But um, come to Cheyenne. Come spend the weekend in Cheyenne. Uh, the Laramie restaurants and bars are packed anyway. The hotels cost an arm and a leg. Come over to Cheyenne. Have a good time over here, and, and it's close. And I believe that like even like Albany Lodge is full, the V-Bar's full, Centennial's full, just because yeah. those are a little bit closer, and you're technically in the mountains. Yeah. You know? Or you can go stay at Mitch's house. Absolutely. How, how many VRBOs <laughs> do you have over there, Mitch? <laughs> I just have my house, but I do have 10 acres. So if you want to bring your tent, I'll bring a porta pot. You bring the tent. Deal. You should do a little RV park. <laughs> Start your own collective. One YO donors. Hey, there we go. <laughs> and, and, I didn't think about that angle. You know, ranch, ranch. Yeah, we were all those places. That's a great angle. We weren't thinking about that. We just saw an advertisement that uh, uh, Eric Church is doing a big thing for the uh, North Carolina. NIL, but yeah, why can't we uh, just start having a little band get together and a camping jamboree out at, yeah, yeah. Out at our place? Yeah, have your own uh, tailgate. Yeah, That'd be sweet. And I think Chansey would play every Friday night. Yeah, I think he would. We're on to something here. I don't camp, so I'm not coming, but I might come over and say hi and have a beer. <laughs> All right, let's end it on this. We've already been going for an hour and 21 minutes here, um, which is something we're known to do around here. Um, Mountain West Media Days next week in Vegas, Wednesday and Thursday. I'll be heading out there um, Tuesday, I believe. Um, We had to put in our votes for where we think teams are going to finish. And uh, I've talked about it on the show a couple of times. I was having a really hard time not putting Wyoming number two. Um, But you look at these preseason magazines and stuff, they have Wyoming at five, possible dark horse. Uh, But I'm going to tell you guys what my list is, who I voted for, from bottom to top, and let me know what you would change or what your thoughts are on this overall. Uh, number 12, I think Nevada is not close at all. I think they are uh, – they got a long way to go, uh, and and rightfully so. Uh, you know, Norvell comes to Fort Collins, takes half the team with him. I mean, that's going to be a major rebuild, and uh, it's uh, ongoing, to say the least. Number 11, New Mexico, they've obviously been – in really tough shape for a long time. However, they brought in a new quarterback. They brought in his offensive coordinator. They're going to try and change the philosophy in Albuquerque and get away from 
this weird option here and there, throwing here and there. But they lost Rocky Long, which they was did. the staple, was their defense, and he's no longer there either. They did, and they need to score, and they know it. So um, they're going to change some stuff up there. I think they could be a tick better than Nevada, but I think it's going to be a hot race to the bottom for those two. Uh, Utah State, I still uh, I have no faith in them whatsoever. I think they're offensive. Um, you know, they can burst out here and there and have some good offensive games. Cooper Lagaz is a is a formidable quarterback. If Levi Williams gets in, we know what he can do, especially on the ground. I just think they're uh, they're not close either. They didn't even they lost so many people to the transfer portal. They couldn't even have a spring game this year. So uh, <laughs> a lot of new faces in Logan, Utah. Um, Hawaii, they have a decent quarterback. They've uh, they're they're year two into Timmy Chang being there on the islands. Um, I think they're going to be a little better, but honestly, these four teams I've mentioned I think could be interchangeable in a lot of ways. Uh, UNLV I have coming in at eight. They have a new coaching staff as well. We're familiar with them from Missouri. They they brought Missouri in here uh, in 2019. Um, they have some studs. They have some athletes. They played really well early last year. They, I believe they won four of their first five, and they were really getting it going a little bit. Do they still have the slot machine on no, the sideline? Thank they you. got, got rid of that. <laughs> they got rid of that. All right, I'm going to move them one spot <laughs> higher. Then. At number seven, I have Sandy, or CSU. Excuse me. I think they're going to be better. I mean, their offensive line was hideous. I mean, just hideous. They gave up the equivalent of, I want to say, five, four sacks a game last year. I think you would have started on that. I think I would have. I would. I, I, luckily for them, though, I would never wear that. So um, that would never happen. Um, but they are, I mean, Torrey Horton's awesome. <laughs> the guy is absolutely special. Quarterback Millen, he was at the highest completion percentage in the country last year. Pretty incredible considering he was on his wallet so much. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Michigan game last year. Uh, he got the absolute hell kicked out of him. He had to get pulled out of games because he was getting beat up so bad. So you'd think they'd have to be a little better on the offensive line when that had to be the focus going into recruiting and going into the portal season. So I think CSU is better, maybe battling for a bowl game, maybe a six-win type of season maybe. Uh, above them, I have San Diego State, and a lot of these, a lot of these national magazines have San Diego State. They still really like them for some reason. They lost a ton a ton of talent. They're going to be decent on defense. They just reload talent. Yeah, exactly. And they've always been that yeah. way. Uh, and they've always not had a quarterback, which they still – we don't know if that quarterback's going to pan or not. So I don't have any faith in San Diego State. And think about the target they're going to have on their back all year long from every single Mountain West team they play. So not high on them. Uh, number five, I have San Jose State. Chavin Cordero is really good. He's got some really good weapons. I think Brett Brennan's probably the best coach in the Mountain West. Um, they're doing things there. They're, they're making their stadium better. They're putting money into their program. I think they're a pretty darn salty team. Uh, so I have them coming in at five, and I think that can kind of be interchangeable here too. I have, I have Fresno State at four. A lot of people are picking Fresno State to finish at least second in this conference. We saw what they looked like last year for, what, four weeks without Jay Kaner? After Solomon Bird rolled up his ankle against USC, they were not a good team. And they those weapons they had then, they're gone now too. They lost a thousand yard back. They lost a thousand yard receiver. They lost uh, the leading sack sack getter in the Mountain West. They do have some guys on defense still. Uh, and during the voting, Cam Lockridge is their one of their great defensive backs. He was not on the voting for uh, secondary players for all Mountain West or defensive player of the year in the Mountain West. Maybe I'm reading into that too much. Maybe they slipped up and forgot him. 
maybe he's not playing this year, or maybe something happened that we don't know about. But I found it really odd that Cam Lockridge wasn't on that. But Fresno State, they still have talent. I think they finished probably fourth. Air Force is the one. At, I picked them at three. Air Force is a very hot pick at number two. They lost a three-year starting quarterback. They lost the nation's leading rusher. They do have most of their offensive and defensive line coming back. And Air Force is Air Force. They're just going to plug and play. But is it really that easy, even in an offense like that, to, ha- to replace a three-year starter? And to replace the nation's leading running back? Well, when they have a prep school, it is. It, it's a, it's definitely helpful, and they definitely roll. But I don't uh, – and, and Wyoming plays at Air Force this year, which to me is a defunct home game in a lot of ways. I don't think that scares anybody to go to Colorado Springs, does it? Um, plus, Wyoming's defense kind of has their number, and Wyoming's defense is going to be even better this year. So that's where my thoughts are on picking these. <laughs> Number two, I have the Wyoming Cowboys. I, I really do. I think this defense is so has the potential to be so good. And where they were good last year, they still weren't creating enough turnovers. And I think that changes this year because they have so much depth. For instance, the two starting cornerbacks last year, Deron Harrell, well, Cam Stone was one, but Deron Harrell and Ja'Cory Hawkins. Those guys might be your backups this year. It's pretty good, pretty good problem to have if those are your backups. I think they're stronger at safety. Linebacker speaks for itself with, with Easton Gibbs. Shea Suianoa, I think Connor Shea made a move this spring with those guys injured. He's a guy who's going to come in and uh, relieve these guys, and it's just going to keep coming. And the defensive front, too, is just solid all the way across the board. I'm thinking about a story right now doing my projected starters for the Wyoming Cowboys, and I'm struggling with who my front four is going to be. It's going to be Goodbo. It's going to be Bertinoli. But who's on the outside? Because one guy who's not in the starting lineup is a guy who has five, six sacks. So I think they're going to be that good. And then the key, right, quarterback and what this passing offense is going to look like. I think the leash is coming off Andrew Peasley. And all those throwaways that we praised last year, Jared, which were great, you know, throw it away, don't get in trouble. Now I think probably half of those at least are going to get put under his arm and he's going to go forward. Yeah, you got to take some chances yeah. on the ground. Yeah, he's a senior. This is it. Uh, they have a real chance here. So love the running game. There are some questions at offensive line, but like Air Force keeps churning stuff out, I kind of have that feeling with Craig Bowl. They keep churning out offensive linemen. There's never been a guy who's a sieve and just gets his ass whipped every player, and he's going to have some dudes up there. And when they've had injuries, they've always been able to plug in and, exactly. and play. So. Exactly. And they, they've always had depth on the line. That's where it might hurt a little bit this year on the offensive line because they're going to have to bring in some, some new guys, no doubt about it. And I know Craig doesn't like playing new guys on the line, uh, but – I, I have faith in it. I really do. And where I think could be another X factor is Trayton Welch and John Michael Gillenborg at tight end. They are just such beautiful safety outlets for a quarterback. They're big. They're strong. They're fast. They, Trayton Welch probably has the best hands on the team. John Michael Gillenborg is one of the fastest guys on the team. So they brought in two guys in the transfer portal at the wide receiver spot, um, guys who've played, guys who've done it. So um, And, you know, another X factor could be Gunnar Gentry. He's coming back after two years of, of catastrophic knee injuries. But before he went out, his position coach, Michael Grant, said he's been looking just like his brother. And I don't think you just say stuff like that. Oh, my so, fingers are crossed for that guy. Man. Yeah, I want to see him on the field. Yeah, absolutely. So he's a guy who could step in, too. And Wyatt Whelan took a huge jump last year. I just think uh, I think the Cowboys are going to be all right. I really do. I, I really believe in this second-place finish. And I know – or second-place prediction, I should say – I know that some colleagues I've reached out to in the Mountain West, they have Wyoming at 3-4. Uh, 
Um, a lot of them, I'm the only one I know so far that has them at two, so I might be an idiot, but this is why I believe. <laughs> and then number one, of course, Boise State. They're just, Taylor Green's a really special quarterback. We've talked about it on the show before. Cowboys got to him 10 times last year and didn't bring him down once. You, you can't have that. I mean, that's just, that's a killer. So he's really good. They're really good across the board. They have probably the top two running backs in the conference right now with GNT and and George Halani, and um, they're just – they're Boise State. And I think a lot of times when people are doing these predictions, maybe not outside of – maybe outside of the Mountain West media, they don't pay attention as much as how hard it is to go to certain places and play yeah. and look at the schedule say, oh, okay, Wyoming's at Air Force this year or CSU's at Wyoming, vice versa, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and weather, yeah. time of the year you're playing a certain team. Yep. Um, that's why I think it's always a benefit to play Air Force later in the season because they're a little more banged up because they're not as large as you know and, and physical as other teams. Yeah. So it's in my opinion, it's always better to play them towards the end of the year than right out of the gate. Yeah. And stuff like that. So. Do you do you guys would you switch anything crazy on this list at all? I think your first six are interchangeable. I mean, your bottom, bottom six, six are interchangeable. Yeah. Um. I don't think Air Force is going to be in the top three, and maybe that's just my dislike <laughs> for Air Force. I, I, I've said it before. I think I almost dislike them more than I do CSU anymore just because they're pompous and I can't stand their coach. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. Like, I have a hatred. And they're um, like, I love my military. They're defending uh, our country. Well, they haven't done anything yet. They're training to defend our country. Rotsy. They haven't done it yet. Rotsy, baby. <laughs> I'll cheer for them when they're in that F-16. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then, uh, you know, I don't want to give up all the stuff I voted on here, but I will tell you, Offensive Player of the Year, Taylor Green, Boise State, I think um, his natural progression could be incredible. He's he's a lot like Josh Allen. He really uh, has a lot of the same tools Josh does. So I think uh, I think he's pretty darn good. And uh uh, I think uh, Defensive Player of the Year voted for Easton Gibbs, uh, 123 tackles last year. Um, everybody I've talked to has also voted for Easton Gibbs as Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's just fallen in line, guys. I mean, from Logan Wilson to Chad Muma to Easton Gibbs. I mean, he's just – he's right there, 123 tackles, really solid player. Uh, what he did against Air Force last year was so special to to have a fever like he did and be hugging a toilet all night only to show up. And I'll be – I think I've talked about it on the show – I honestly was staring at the uh, staring at his ass half the game because I'm thinking, how are you not losing it on the field? We've all had the flu, right? I mean, that is no fun. Good things they don't wear white pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and didn't you get chastised for saying something uh, sure that did. he was may not going to play, and yeah. then he comes trotting out, and then yeah, 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 he sure did. Just got a, a reporter doing his job, I folks. Got called to the principal's office after Guy's reporting. Tough as that. nails. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> Special teams player of the year. John Hoyland, um, Wyoming's been blessed with some damn good kickers, and uh, he's just fallen right behind. I mean, we could we could still be sitting here talking about like we do with the quarterback situation. We could it, it hasn't been what we need it to be since Josh left. We could be saying the same thing about Cooper Roth. We could be saying, man, haven't had a kicker since Cooper Roth, which was 2019. Uh, that has not been the problem. People aren't even mentioning mentioning Cooper's name, and he's the all time leading scorer in Wyoming history. John Hoyland's been that good. So that's my pick. That's that's how I see it going down. I might be the only guy who has the Cowboys at two, but I've tell me a reason they're not two. I bet you uh, come Monday, Tuesday, when uh, 
they actually when's it going to be released wednesday I believe. wednesday okay so mm-hmm. i can't use the jimmy buffett song come monday yeah <laughs> which you please don't know. yeah please don't use jimmy buffett for anything wow such a hatred for any good music. <laughs> right. He doesn't even watch movies. Which... A limited palette. Yeah. I have been watching a lot of movies lately. Oh, that's I good. Have. All right. It's all been right. good. I watched the uh, Black Mass the other night. That was awesome. I don't know if I've seen that. Johnny Depp, he plays Whitey Bulger. Okay, yes, yes, yeah, yes. I'm sorry. That's yep. great. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Well, I think uh, I think we covered about everything today. <laughs> Anything else we're leaving out here? I'm sure there's plenty of stuff, but we don't need to visit about it now, I guess. Well, here's a, uh, here's a little throw out for uh, my, our buddy Juan Soto. The uh, Wyoming night at the Rockies is uh, Saturday night, playing the Yankees at 6-10. Kind of cool they landed on the Yankees weekend, though. I bet that'll get a lot more people down there. But it's the same night as Taylor Swift. Who Talk about to, expensive hotels. Yeah. And who wants to drive to Denver with all that traffic? <laughs> Juan's just cringing right now. Well, he, oh, guys, he you're killing it. me. No, he, 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 he even says <laughs> Denver's going to suck Saturday night. <laughs> well, he's going tonight. I guess his dad's a Yankees fan, so yeah. they're going to go tonight too. But uh, they're also having a party, Cowboy Joe Club, Wyoming Athletic – or the association. At Jackson's? Yeah, is that what it is, the yeah. association? Um, yeah, if two to five at Jackson's. I think you can go and get a Rockies hat, Rockies well, Wyoming get, hat. Yeah, if you – if you signed up and bought tickets, you get that hat. Yeah. Yep. So a hat, and they're doing beer deals and yep. all that kind of stuff. So yep. right at Jackson's, right across the street on the rooftop. So go say hi to Juan. He'll buy you a beer. He already told me. Uh, so take full advantage. Corporate credit card. It might be Craig Bowles' credit card, so oh, take advantage of it. Have a ball. I'll be at uh, Ryan Thorburn's shindig, I think. Wife's out of town. I can't wait to see what that guy looks like with the reins off. Especially drinking craft beer. <laughs> He'll have two craft beers and be sleeping. <laughs> so, Mitch, thank you so much once again for joining us and taking all this time today. Um, are you a defense attorney by chance? Uh, no, no, I don't oh, do okay. any criminal or somebody uh, else. Any divorces. So you oh. <laughs> have to call somebody. <laughs> Always looking for a criminal defense attorney. Did you to... get in a fight last night? <laughs> no, not oh, okay. uh, no. But at Mountain West Media Days is a week away. Oh, there are a few people that it probably needs their ass kicked. There are. I can think of one right offhand, uh, but I'm going to be good. Is Gloria going to give a State of the Union? Yes. Sweet. State of the Conference, I guess. Well, a lot of San Diego State talk coming our way, I'm afraid, on that, uh, Wednesday morning. And they're meeting with the 17th. 17th, so which is Monday. Yep. The the leaders of the conference. Yeah. Interesting. We're going to know a lot more about San Diego State's uh, status. Lack of funding right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to hear plenty. So, uh, Mitch Edwards, president of 1YO. That's the number one YO. Go visit uh, 1YO.org. Um, Wyoming's new collective. Excited that you guys are doing this. Um, I can echo Jeff Lender and say it's much needed. It's been the elephant in the room, and it's something that the Cowboys have needed, and uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me on, and thanks for your support. I appreciate I really it. appreciate it. Absolutely. Jared, have fun at the Taylor Swift concert. And uh, <laughs> no three and a half hour Swifty for me. No way, no how. Well, I'll probably do the show next week from Las Vegas, and uh, we'll catch up after that. Sounds good. All right. Have a good week. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. 
<clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. 